Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Chanel Franklin. Chanel is a presenter, producer, podcaster, voiceover artist, MC and writer who is based in Adelaide, South Australia and is a mum of two. Chanel has worked in radio, television and the music industry for over a decade with brands such as Channel 9, SAFM, Fresh 927, Foxtel, Music SA and the BBC. She began her career in community radio on Fresh 927 where she presented in the drive and breakfast time slots. It was here that she was able to develop her craft within the media industry. Chanel has worked in television presenting a national music TV show on Foxtel called Music Room, and she produced, directed and presented her own TV show, Jam Live, which aired on Channel 9 Adelaide and 9 Now. Chanel has conducted the red carpet interviews and emceed for the South Australian Music Awards, along with many other MC gigs. Currently, Chanel writes and presents a podcast called Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare with Tamara Link, the podcast for the mother who is flying by the seat of her pants as they discuss topics like incontinence, mumnesia and toddler tantrums all in a fun and judgment-free environment. So I came, first came across you through the, the South Australian Music Awards doing your um, hosting and the red carpet interviews and the interviews with the winners. Um, so you, you've done presenting, producing, voiceover work, emceeing, podcasting, um, but you first got your start in community radio, which I thought was really cool because community radio, I don't think, gets enough credit. No, um, it doesn't. Yeah. So tell me how, how that sort of started and, and what made you... It's again one of those things, really, where community radio, and the same with 3D, it gives you... this. My, my start was Fresh 927, but 3D is exactly the same, Radio Adelaide as well, um, where you have the opportunity to learn on the job you make mistakes you learn from them that's that's the key thing so I used to be an event coordinator before that and events are great but oh they just they they age you before your time they stress (laughs) you out beyond belief and you look like you've been dragged through a bush backwards when you finish one of them (laughs) and I'm like as much as I love it I'm not it's not it's not in it's not in my soul and I think until you acknowledge something that's in your soul and truly what your inner being is telling you that this is your purpose, you, that you'll be met with constant things of trying to, to guide you in that direction. So the event coordinating was definitely not for me, but 
um, it certainly is for so many people that are excellent at it. So I remember having this moment and saying to my husband, I'm miserable. And he said, quit. We will just live simply. And we did. And I think sometimes the more money you've got, the the more you spend. I know it's very difficult mm. to just quit your job and whatever, but yeah. we ended up living quite simply um, and not lavish to, to in order to still keep our heads above water. We weren't going to get ahead because we were spending some of our savings, but savings at what cost? You know, you need yeah. to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. I threw myself into fresh. I gave it my my all. And I then decided, well, if no one's going to do it for me, I've got to do it myself. So I ended up grabbing the audio brakes off of the um, off of the track system they've got there and put a reel together yeah. and sent it to the highest person in radio who happened to live in Adelaide at the time. His name's Craig Bruce, but he was like the boss of Kyle and Jackie O at the time when they were on Today FM. Yep. But he loves Adelaide and this is his home. So I thought... What's what am I going to lose? He's not going to reply. I'll give it a go. An email you can kind of hide behind a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so it was easy to to kind of do it that way rather than face to face. And he wrote back and said, "You sound great. Come in for a chat." Yep. So I did that, and I got on air two weeks later. And yeah, I buggered up plenty of times. <laughs> Remember the studio door flying over from one of the content assistants saying, "What was that air break?" And I'm like. I was trying to put a call to air and I pressed the wrong button and I fired that sweeper off and I didn't be, oh my God, like it was just, it was stressful. And I was like, okay, I've just got to give this a go. And then I had an opportunity to move to Hobart to be their afternoons announcer. And I was like, I really love Adelaide. I don't want to move. I'm at this point where I'm thinking about having children soon. Maybe I, I'm not going to do it. So I said to them, I won't go. And that was like, well, if you don't take this opportunity, someone else is going to take it up. So they literally said, we've got no more work here in Adelaide. And there, there I was on, on my bum is what I felt like. And it was yeah. a low point. So I thought I've worked so hard to get here and now it just stopped. Maybe I should have taken it, but I had to consider Dan's job as well. So it was a tricky time and then I got picked up by a, um, a woman that was producing a music TV show called Music Room. It was airing on Foxtel all around the country. It was low budget, but again, a great experience and she's still looking for a female presenter. Yep. I thought, great, okay. Um, audition for that, got it, with another guy. He was the co-presenter and we did three seasons. I learned an incredible amount. We filmed it here in Adelaide. And it was a music show that was just for rock and heavy artists mm -hmm. and I know where she was coming from she was trying to create a show because the rock and heavy artists didn't weren't getting enough um air time maybe on triple j or things like that mm -hmm. but then I'm thinking well neither's the folk artists and neither's this and neither's that yeah 
there's a lot of, of genres that miss out. So that, that for me, I was like, something's missing here. So after that, I got a job opportunity to uh, run Rip It Up magazine. Yep. But it was at the time where they just folded the magazine and made it online. Yep. So it upset a lot of people. So I'm like, great, I'm going to be the scapegoat for, for everyone being devastated when I wanted the print to stay as well. But it was a question of money and who was funding it really. Yeah. So they so they did that. And I thought, as much as I love music, it's that's it's not what I want to do. It's not my passion. I really want to do the presenting side of it. So I thought, okay, stuff this. I'm going to have a baby. This is my quick way out of, of out of Rip It Up. <laughs> and that was, that was in my mind. So I was lucky enough to, to get pregnant quickly with Summer. I had Summer. And then I thought, what do I really want to do? Because they just made me redundant. When I, I literally was like, I have to go back there. I want to go back because I love music, but I'm, it's not really what I'm passionate about. It was that inner being going, it's not for you. It's not for you. But I'm kind of ignoring it because it was a safe job and money. I remember sitting on the couch breastfeeding and I got the phone call and they said, we're making you redundant. We're shutting the whole thing down. Yeah. And I went, right, okay. Is that a good thing? Maybe it is. All right, clean slate. What do I want to do? Maybe I can write a TV show. Who, who bloody knows? <laughs> I literally just decided that I was going to back myself, which is hard to do mm. because a little person on your shoulder, one side, Jiminy Cricket is a supporter and then this person here is a pain in the ass who yeah. says, well, you're not a producer. You can't do this. You didn't, you haven't gone to film school. You, you know, all, all this self-doubt, yeah. which can be incredibly um, damaging anyway because often we listen to the negative stuff more and we talk to ourselves, I believe, far more than what we actually speak out. Mm, yeah. So, you know, and and I thought, I'm just going to do it. Okay, so I wrote, wrote a show up and it was going to be a music TV show that was inclusive of all artists. It was celebrating artists that were travelling through South Australia and playing at live music venues, so it was heroing them, but also heroing a local artist every single week from a variety of different genres. I made sure there was heavy in there, there was folk, there was pop, there was soul, um, punk, uh, electro electronic so I wanted to cover as much as I could so I presented it to the to channel nine Adelaide and they picked it up but to say they picked it up that was a year of back and forth and back and forth and I literally I felt like I was almost due for a nervous breakdown because <laughs> I, I'd signed up these sponsors to invest in this show and because you need to pay creatives to work on it, I was 100% going to be that person that was paying people for their worth, the, the film guy, the editor, graphic design work, all that sort of stuff. And then from there, it literally, I, the sponsors had invested. I had a letter from Nine saying we're going to air it, but they also could have gone the minute they seen it, nah, we're not liable for anything. They said, if it's up to our standard, we'll air it. So people invested in the show. I spent that money and paid the creatives yep. and then sat in the wings and went, please air this because if you just put this in the bin, I'm up shit creek without a paddle. Yep. Like, <laughs> it was just the most terrifyingly living on the edge, but so much so that it caused so much anxiety.
during this whole time, I decided it was a wonderful idea to get pregnant with my son. <laughs> what plan oh, I was doing, and I've got no idea. <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, so you've got the you got the eighteen month old summer running around, little girl, sass pot, and then so much morning sickness and literally crawling around on the floor trying to appease this programmer at channel nine and pretend everything's rosy and you know what pregnancy I can do this I got the phone I'm like oh like (laughs) ready to just oh it was this facade and that I was putting the mask on the whole time and Lisa Bishop from the ex-general manager from um, Music SA said to me, because they jumped on board and they were supportive, and she said, it's all right, you know, I've got kids too. It's it's hard, loving. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like it is really hard. Like, why have I done a TV show when I'm pregnant and got a baby? And I just, oh, my God. And she wasn't in childcare either. So, you know, you, you, you'd go to the point where, I remember I was on the phone to a um, Sony record label getting approval to have an artist on and I'd left her for a second because she was carrying on. So I thought I'll just go down the hallway to have this cool conversation on the phone with a Sony rep. Yeah. You know, having a great time. I walked past. She got into the frigging Manuka honey. Oh! And I took one look and I went, I can't do anything about that because I've got this 20-something cool lass. Yes. Given her, yeah. Wicked dream job she's given her, and my kids got the honey all over the oh, friggin' floorboards, and they're old floorboards, so there's cracks in them. So oh, I'm, seeing she, I'm like, that's going to be ants for about a hundred years. Yep. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> there's these moments where I've gone, oh my gosh, just that's too much. And then, oh, yeah. so we finally we finally got it on. So that was that was great. And I literally, when it was on TV, I was hanging my head because I and someone jumped up to the TV going, Mummy, there you are. And I'm like, Yeah, I am, but I'm hanging on by a thread because I was 37 weeks pregnant. And it got on and it, it was received really well and it was it was great. And I then was it was due to watch the last episode air on TV and I went into labor. Seriously. Well, he was. Ollie was 37 minute labor. So that oh. frightened the shit out of me. Oh my um, God. No time for anything except survival. Um, so <laughs> is what I was feeling at the time. Yeah. It was just so, anyway, I had him, he came out not breathing. Oh. So then there's that moment of where, where nothing else matters but, but life, because it was just a bit quick for him. Yeah. And then suddenly I had this moment and every TV went down in the hospital. And I thought, well, that's a bit ironic because I think the universe is telling me to just stop and be in this moment with my child and don't worry about the TV because it was going to air no matter what. Don't do an Instagram post. Don't do a Facebook post. Just leave it yeah. and be with your child who who that was that moment I would never forget because he finally started breathing, you know, yeah. so thankful um and and then that moment of realization and my husband took a photo of me and it's the most raw photo I've got I've got no makeup I look an absolute mess and he's just putting put on my chest yeah and he's got feta cheese all over his face (laughs) and 
and I just held him and like cried and I was like oh my gosh it was just all the tears of everything that I was trying to be the best version of myself and honor my career so to speak and be a mum to Summer and be a new mum to Ollie and live in this moment. And then a week after the show, after after I'd had Ollie, boobs out of control, milk everywhere, not yeah. sleeping, great. You know, as women do, you're, you're bleeding a lot after you've had a baby. And the Channel 9 people said, or the one guy said, can you have a meeting? Uh, Come in. I'm like, sure, sure, uh, sure. Well, well, I'll just make it happen. Yeah. So set Summer up with a endless snacks in the back car seat. Dan was still off from work. He pulled into a loading zone. Ollie, feed him. One one boob was bigger than the other because he only took one boob. So you, and he was refluxy, so he constantly threw up, threw up, sorry. Put him in the, th- in the car seat. Dan was idling in the car because, you know, they like the hum of the car. Yep. Just, you know, release all those emissions. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And then I walked in and I sat there and had this meeting with this big wig at Channel 9 and they said, we're not going to renew it for a second season. You did great, did awesome, but music TV is just not where we're going. People are viewing music TV very differently. It's all very online. They don't sit and watch TV like they did Countdown. This was a very different show to Countdown. It wasn't on a set. It was, we were in the venues filming and it was, it was great, but he was like, people aren't watching live TV like that anymore. And I actually, in the one season, got the same amount of viewers that The Loop got on Channel 10, so which had a crap load more money behind it. So I was really stoked with that. Yeah. But And one and the second to last week, we actually, I beat the football ratings. Oh, we can't and get better than that, can you? So <laughs> I was stoked. I was like, great. So they put me on at 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon, which was a tricky time. Yep. And you only get the ratings of people that have physically sat there at that point. Mm-hmm. You don't get the people that catch up. And let's be honest, most of us catch up on TV. Most yeah. of us don't just sit when the yep. TV tells us that something's on. We work it around what we're doing. Mm. Yep. So that was a kind of a moment. I remember walking out, one big bigger than the other. So I was lopsided and thinking to myself, okay, this is just a different I don't know what's happening. And I remember feeling excited for the future, but then two weeks later felt really low, mm-hmm. you know, where the where you've had no sleep and you are just exhausted. And I thought, and now I appreciate the time I had to just be still, but as a creative, it's a really restless feeling. We don't, I don't think we do very well when we're told to stop. If we stop ourselves, it's fine. But if we're told to stop, 
mm. and we're halted and pressed pause and we can't do our art form, it feels really, yeah, it's not, it's not nice feelings. It's mm. you get filled with anxieties, frustration, um, quit you question everything. Question everything is, well, have I done enough? How, should have taken that phone call? I should have done this, should have done that to push yourself mm. more. Yeah. So I, I did, I stood still for a while and I then a year later wrote a podcast because podcasts um, in America, 80% of people listen to podcasts, but in Australia, it's about 35 to 40%. But the rate here is growing faster than it, it did in America. So Aussies are really getting this trajectory because I think podcasts are the medium where it gives the listener respect because they've actually chosen to tune into you unlike radio again like commercial tv where it just feeds at you when you've got the car on or you're told to listen to a song or you're told here's an ad break or the weather break the podcast is completely the listener's choice whatever they decide to listen to whether it's crime whether it's your podcast whether it's something to make them laugh it's an active thing and it is almost a bit of therapy because they're escaping whatever they're escaping for a bit and having some downtime whatever it is so it is so they're really powerful um when you get into them and they can be addictive because you go oh, what else can I listen to and learn it's it's yeah. great yeah so so yeah so that was I wrote a podcast idea and I wrote it with um a friend of mine who is a football star and she got picked up to do the mixed breakfast show and could no longer do the podcast with me. Oh, so I wrote this idea and then it went down the poop. And I, I remember having a chat with her and she's like, I'm so sorry. And when it's your friend, you, you're like, don't, mate, you, you chase what's happening for you. You go, like I backed her 100%. And I truly even still mean that to this day. I was just sad for myself that I fell on my bum again. And I remember handing the children a packet of tiny teddies, whether it was near dinner time or not, I didn't care. Handed them each a packet of tiny teddies and just said, just watch this on TV for a minute. And I went in the pantry and had the ugliest cry. Yeah. Real loud, real, oh, my God, again. And, the and my face was all fat and bloody puffed. And it was just, I, it was the release that, again, I needed Yep. But I then had this moment where I just needed to fall apart, not in front of them because they'll come over and go, what's wrong, mummy? And wipe your eye and then you're crying more. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you feel all sorry for yourself and then you look at them and they're so cute, sat there eating their teddies and watching Bluey. Then you cry again. Yeah. And then you yeah. go in the shower and you have another. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a second wave coming. So you're in the shower and you do that again, whatever. And yeah. then you finally get this thing where you've, completely dehydrated <laughs> because you've cried no more, tea. <laughs> more tears and you pick yourself up and I literally was in the shower I love a good thinking session in the shower and I thought what podcast do I really want to write I want to write something that is and I always thought I would never do a career to do with my kids or motherhood I always thought I'd be different to that and somehow it's led me to that <laughs> so I wrote this podcast that I wanted to shoot the shit a bit for the mother who's or the dad, but mostly the mums flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. And for someone that just needs to listen to it and go, you know what, I'm going through the same stuff. And it's hard, but together we're stronger because that village doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it really doesn't. And yeah. so many feel so isolated and 
almost don't realize how isolated we are until we hear something that someone else does that's the same and we go yes my kid does that too drives me crazy or or the incessant shouting in the, the drill sergeant in the morning to get ready for school we you know we all kind of do it or yeah. issues with the pelvic floor where we worry about doing a little wee in our knickers or something all these yeah, things yeah. We, go, we are actually more alike than we think we are Mm. So I wrote this podcast and I pitched it to a girl that I started off working at Fresh with. She was volunteering too. But when she got picked up by Nova, that was when I got picked up by SAFM and then we both didn't work for them anymore. Um, And I said to her, do you want to just go for a coffee? And it's one of these things that I am so glad I did. We sometimes second guess, should I, should I not? Mm. Should I ask that person for a coffee? Should I make that call? Should I send that text or email? Yes. Friggin' yes, because what have you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely. If they say no, well, okay, it stings yep. a bit, but you the worst <laughs> is the regret or not knowing. That's yeah. when you feel the crappest. Yep. And it might not be now, it's often later that it rears its ugly head. So I just sent her a text and said, Do you want to go for a coffee? And she went, Hey lady, haven't seen you in ages. Yes, sure. I said, yep. My shout, let meet you at Glenel halfway. So we did that and we, I pitched it to her and she went, oh, yeah, sounds good. I've actually got my studio. She's a voiceover artist. So she's got a little a studio that she's, um, she's made above her husband's warehouse. And it was perfect because you don't need to pay for studio space. Yeah. So we threw ourselves into that and then it all kind of started falling together. Apple did a feature on us early on. And then we teamed up with Catherine House and raised um, just over $5,000 for their um, helping a sister. We created this campaign called Help a Sister Out because, again, we wanted to be this kind of help. When you when one of our fellow sisters needs us, we stand up, whether, whether we're a mother or not. You know, it might be if you're in a position of power to help and a position of power means do you have a house and a job mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. So we're all, most of us, not majority of us are in that position of power we might not have a lot we might be loaded but we can spare 10 bucks so we can give up one coffee yeah to donate so that was the behind that mm-hmm. so we did well there and then it started to to creep creep up a bit and then apple did a a big feature on us only last week so yep. i remember checking the dashboard of our listeners and it shot up and i went oh, oh <laughs> yeah but a week prior, they needed they sent us an sent us an email and said, "Can you submit your artwork a different way?" And I'd just done it in Canva because it was an easy option. And they said, "Oh, we need it in a Photoshop file." And I'm gone. Jen, I'm not a graphic designer. So I rang an old friend and said, "I need your help, please. Can you help me? If I send you the elements, could you just put it in?" And he said, "Sure, that's fine." He's yeah. a muso. Yeah. And he just, he, but he's a brilliant graphic designer. He said, sure, send it over, it's fine. So they sent it back and then they featured us. And then since then, we've started to, to do well with it. But the idea is just to give mums that point to have a laugh and a break and see that their journey is much the same as the rest of us. Yeah. It's almost like it's like a validation that you're not alone. You're, like, I mean, some of these, the, the, the episode titles, I've just got to read them out because they're so good. It's one's called Don't Wet Your Pants, which is like, <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that one. Um, mum needs yeah. you, you know, mum needs you when you're 
the baby sucks oh. your brain out and you can't think of anything ever. Um, yeah. Sex, let's talk, let's talk sex, which is good. And shit mum, which I really like, the shit mum. Yeah. It's like it's we so often, honest. It's wonderful. It, yeah. It's, it's, we do get that title of being, you know, I remember being so caught up with it, a few things and work-related or pressures you put on yourself. That's probably more what it is. And then Summer was just not listening. She, far out, kids. Like, listen, listen to us. Yeah. Not listening. Actively not listening. I've had a, a, their hearing has both been checked. They're exceptional hearers. Yeah. So I know they're hearing me. Collective they're just deafness. On, banging on about nothing. Uh, and, I, and I lost my, lost my shit. And then you feel so, and I was like, bah. Mm. And then, Ship mum, ship mum, ship mum, ship mum. And that's what you do because you go, I didn't mean to, but actually it was your fault that I got it. <laughs> Love you, but you don't tell them that. But you just, you're so wound up sometimes. It is like a rubber band that just goes snap when you're in that moment. Since doing the TV show, Music SA got me on board to do their red carpet and backstage interviews, which I loved because it was chatting to all the artists and the, and the winners and people coming in and that was all good fun. But since doing that, one of the, um, the people that won, his name was Farhan Sa, and he won the Best International Collaboration Award last year. Yeah. And someone asked him, do you know anyone that can MC? And this was at just the last year Sam Awards. And he said, oh, yeah, Chanel. Chanel can MC. I hadn't MC'd a thing in my life. But, oh. I, <laughs> and I, again, there's that short, sure, I'll do that. Sure. Moment. Figure it out later. Yeah. Um, and then I had this meeting and it was to be the, it was at the convention centre to be an MC for, it was the, an iftar dinner, which is a Muslim Ramadan thing. And I thought, how am I going to say these words? But anyway, I practiced, 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 did the MC gig. And I felt that I came alive in myself. I was like, I love doing this. This is great. Like I really, I just, I felt validated. I felt like, because I always, I loved music so much but I couldn't sing, couldn't play an instrument. Yeah. And I always thought the presenting side was my connection to it. Mm -hmm. But now the MC work too, I felt that that was where I could um, bring something that is inside me rather than something that isn't like playing an instrument or whatever. I'll sit there and have a vino and just play all the different tunes and just love it. So I'll do it on my own. Don't even need anyone there. Yeah. So I've got such a passion for it, but I can't bring a skill set to it apart from the the art of the communicating and the chatting yeah so yeah. once that finished I then got brought on by Flinders Uni to do their bands the MC and book their artists COVID came oh, put everything okay. in the bin thank you COVID yeah. um and I was I was cursing COVID for then because it was it was 
squashing me. I was like, I've just got this opportunity and now it's going down the bin, going in the bin. And then from there, a few other big events, like there was a big cheer competition and a few other big things that were going on at the entertainment centre, they needed an MC. A school mum put me forward. She goes, I think Chanel does stuff like that. Done it once, but who? (laughs) Work it out later. I put myself forward for that. It went really well. And then I started, then Live Nation contacted Music SA and said, we need someone to do our ones to watch launch. Um, Who can you recommend? They put me forward. And then suddenly it all started, just the universe seemed to be working in my favour for what it seemed like for once. (laughs) <laughs> and I said to a girlfriend of mine who did a Reiki session on me, because Reiki's fantastic. Yep. And she said, have you ever, I said, I'm just sick of my career being stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And she said, think of it as stepping stones, not stop, start. One lily pad to the next, rather than the halt, stop, progression. And I think when I started thinking of it like that, I actually changed my mindset and felt a million times better. Mm. And then Music SA said, we can't fly over the Triple J presenter. Can you do it? Sure. Yep. Figure it out later. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was it. And then I I had, I just, I felt like I was living my true self being up there. And I truly loved being a part of the, being next to the artists that were winning, being amongst the finalists, hearing the cheers, being amongst the performers, the Aboriginal opening ceremony, like the, the smoking yes. ceremony. Yeah, that just makes you come alive. I I felt really connected to it and truly grateful. Yeah. So that's that's been me. That's been my my journey of motherhood, career, <laughs> juggle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I've learned as I've failed pretty much. That's been the the sense of it. Yeah, there is hearing hearing you express all of that. There's so many common themes about you know you can you can feel that little bit of um, the self doubt, but it's oh, like yeah. you've got to do it anyway because you know I mean? do it anyway. you're so you're very open, um, like you say to the universe, which is awesome because I'm the same and a lot of our listeners are. So that is so cool. Um, and you mentioned the Reiki. It's like you're willing to let go of it and say, right, oh am I meant to be doing this? What am I meant to be doing? And allow yourself to be guided in that way. There's absolutely no um, hesitation in that. And that's when you know, I think, when you're living the true version of yourself, when your inner being and your physical self match up, it is pure harmony and it is is felt. You really do feel it. I read a quote in a book once that said, I lie to myself, but my heart never believes me. (laughs) Yeah. So you can't hide from your truth. It's you? basically yeah. you can tell yourself, "I need to be in this lawyer job, or I need to be um, working for a 
a dead shit boss, but he does pay me well or whatever, mm. you know, to do all this sort of stuff. But really, you know, you actually know. And whether or not you go, oh, you know, but what I really want to do doesn't bring a lot of money. Find a way. <laughs> Yeah. find a way to turn that into a business because my husband what he does for work he loves his golf he's obsessed with his golf and he's obsessed with Liverpool Football Club and Port Adelaide and all that sort of stuff that's his thing yeah. that's his passion some people have a passion and have a job and they're happy to swap the hats when needed to be and then he's got his dad hat husband hat friend hat that makes him happy yeah. because his dream was to be a professional soccer player he's 41 so he's and bust with a busted knee. So he's like, okay, well, I can still do the other things and, and live and enjoy that when I've got my job. Mm-hmm. Me, I need to, my job needs to fill my soul. I'm a Pisces. I feel things real deep. Yeah. And I need it to, to, I can't just, I don't want to switch those hats. I want them to, to be in as one. But one thing I did find really important was that I had an outlet away from my kids, mm-hmm. away from my husband, away from my work, yep. which is my presenting MC work. I needed something completely different and I found kickboxing. Oh. So it's bloody great. Anyway, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a great time. So I go there twice a week and I've do, and this is a pressure report on ourselves. So the kids come home from school. Yep. I'm yep. like, right, throw them in a shower. And or a bath, use your shower because a bath means that the, it's reminiscent of a, a raining rainforest in there after they've left. It's like a slip and slide for me. Yeah. I go in there and tell them off and I slip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, drive me nuts. So I put them in a shower quickly because the those nights I need them to be doing what they're told. Yeah. And then I get them dinner. And then when Dan comes home, all he has to do is do readers with summer, read Ollie a book and put him to bed and have a little play. So then I'm not at the minute he's coming home, shoving it all on him. Mm-hmm. And then it's, he's like, oh, I'm struggling with this. So I feel like I've, I've ticked those boxes. Now mm-hmm. I can do it. This is what we, we do. We try and get it all organized. Yeah. And then yeah. I go there for one hour, no phone, yeah. no I am uncontactable for one hour of that day and I just do my thing. Yeah. And it feels good to just give it a bit of that. Like oh, it's yeah. just, and I come home and I'm in the, even though they're in bed, some are sometimes still shouting, using every excuse under the sun as well. She doesn't need to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> she's five and a half anyway. Oh my God. That to me when she's a teenager. <laughs> and then there's, Mummy, I, I love you. I love you too. Please go to sleep. So I've come in, but I'm in the best mood because I've had that release. So that for me has been really powerful because if work's been frustrating or tricky and the kids, you know, it's been a, it's been a day, let's just say, Mm. that's my way of just forgetting about everything and having a reset, whether someone chooses to meditate. Another, I read in a book recently about meditating and you can literally set your phone for 10 minutes, set the alarm for 10 minutes, put it on flight mode and just be at peace and know that you're not going to over, you're not going to go into this deep mm. state where you are going to not forget to pick up your kids from school or sorry, going to forget to pick them up. Yep. You can just have 10 minutes to yourself and that's powerful too. But mm. you need that reset away from the whole thing. Oh yeah. I, that, is, that is something that every mother that I speak to on this is exactly the same thing and that's the thing it doesn't have to be 
some great big thing. It doesn't have to be that you go out, you know, four hours and do some great big thing. It's no. like the hour at the kickboxing or the 10-minute meditation. As long as it's something I think is consistent something. and that you can say, yes, I'm going to do this. It's important enough to you. Um, and, yeah, like make make it so it's easy for the people that you're leaving at home, you know, like what you've done, you've, you've got it all prepared. And then you're like, right, I don't have to worry about anything because I know Correct. that everything's sorted. So it's, yeah, I think it's just so important. It's just the, the most important thing I really believe. It really is yeah. because I'm a better mother and a better wife. And Dan will absolutely say, and I think when you live with a creative, when you're not, I mean, everyone's creative in their own way, but when they don't do it for a living, um, when they've got more of a job that kind of makes sense or maybe a little bit more serious in like, let's say, a banking field or a law field, as opposed to being a musician or another type of creative, creatives can be up and down a lot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they're manic depressant or anything like that. And, and some of them are, and that's, that's absolutely fine, but it, yeah. it doesn't mean you need to label them. It's just It's just they're in their head a lot. And they have moments of, of feeling wonderful about things and then sometimes they're just feeling like they're plateauing a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be tricky too. So doing that kickboxing for me is the best way that I go and reset. You know, you could be getting it, you could have got an email that just wasn't, wasn't the email you were hoping to get. And then you wear that on your shoulders all day, real heavy. Yep. And then the kids are at you for whatever reason. The dog has pooed on the lawn and you've stepped in it all the it just it does it's got it's one of these things it's never usually one thing it's yeah. usually piles of things that we don't realize are accumulating until someone puts that last little bit and then it all goes mm-hmm. and then we wonder why we're feeling so exhausted tired overwhelmed it's the stuff we didn't realize was piling up before yeah that's you know? it yeah yeah and if you can, if you can knock down that pile, just like, you know, by doing these things for yourself, just not allowing it to just keep, keep going and going and going. Exactly. That's really good advice. Yeah, absolutely. mental health is something that um i mean i mean i've got my own background with mental health and a lot of people i speak to have but i feel like it's still not something that we're really great 
I mean, we're good at talking about it, but the people listening to us perhaps aren't that great at, at listening and, and accepting and going, oh, yeah, that's actually normal. Um, so, yeah, so I'm finding in this, in this podcast that people are being so honest. It's actually that same thing of, like, people realising with, with your podcast with the mums, we all have these things that go crazy and we all have the same experiences. And with mental health too, it's like it's actually normal it's actually part of life yeah you know and when you throw kids in the mix too there's a whole lot of different levels of hormones and things going on that again it's that hat moment where you're like I don't have a minute to cry and then it banks up for the next time so you're wondering why you're crying harder the second time because mm-hmm. it wasn't the right moment for the kids needed you at that point so you kind of just push it to the back of your mind but I think mental health is uh, is such an umbrella term and I think every mother at some point several times will go through their spurts of it whether especially because you're still trying to live that version of yourself be there for everybody else it is really tricky and a lot of mine was down to my work being frustrating me and 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 just giving me what I what I did see was roadblocks but now I kind of look at it as a stepping stones while I was trying to be a mother. So I'm having these moments of self-doubt constantly until I finally started the pu- the pieces of the puzzle still coming together. Mm-hmm. And when I had that Reiki session, um, my friend pulled a card for me and it said, keep the faith. And literally weeks later was when the, that second MC gig came. Yep. And then I started getting all, I started getting really great feedback, which was incredibly humbling, but also nice for me to, feel that what path I thought I was on is is right and I am I in a different spot to what I was when I did the tv show yes but so much happier like doing the podcast and doing my MC work I am so much happier than what I was on on SAFM and doing the tv show something still wasn't right but I felt I needed to learn I learned so much and I'm so grateful for those experiences but it I feel like the, my career's evolved and I'm happier for it because yeah. where it looks now is not where I thought it would look back then, but I'm, I'm grateful because it was obviously the universe's plan to say we needed to stop that season of, of Jam Live, only one to give you one for the experience, mm-hmm. and then you're moving on to the next journey of what that's going to be. Yeah. But at that moment in time, I felt really low and really bloody sad and I'm like is it the breastfeeding is it the fact that my son has reflux and I can't put him down is it the fact I've got an 18 month old who's very attached to me mummy 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 or what what I didn't know why I was crying I was just crying but then you get to the point where you know you give yourself more credit than probably what we've been given in the past or that we give ourselves Mm. you take a look into the things that you have done and you give yourself that validation that you deserve because there's no better thing to do than to back yourself. Mm. That's the thing. Everyone else validating, yes, yeah. but you've got to back first. Yeah, and that's the thing to you. It's sort of reminding me of when you, you said right at the beginning how you you were doing your um, announcing on the radio and you just thought, I'm going to make up this little showreel of all my little grabs of stuff and just go for it, you know. Like no one's... I mean, it will, I say no one, but some people this happens, but no one's literally going to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, 
I want you to come and do this. Like you actually have to yeah. I was waiting for it that whole time for someone yeah. to tap me on the shoulder and say, Chanel, we're going to plug you here or do this. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Yeah. And I, that's when I was like, well, the, the, again, the age old saying that if you want something done, do it yourself. And that if you have an opportunity, you, you need to, you need to just, you need to do it. If it's innate in you and your inner being is telling you, this is what your purpose is. Yeah. Get up, send that email, do that thing that you need to do to start that progression. And Rome was not built in a day. Mm. So it, it won't happen overnight. Yeah. You will get roadblocks, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. And one more saying, which is my absolute favourite, Oprah, when you know when when you know better, you do better. Mm. That's it. So it? then that yeah. sense of me now being so much more proud of what I've achieved as a sense of where I was on the radio and on telly going, it still didn't feel as grand as I thought it would feel. I'm here now, I'm doing it, I'm on SAFM, I'm on Channel 9, this is great. And I'm like, I'm still... It, I. I don't know whether I didn't have a chance to enjoy it because I was pregnant or I don't know, or I was trying to hide that with baggy tops. Who does that? Just wear your belly. Wear, be proud of that. But I felt shamed a bit because I thought I'm not cool being pregnant on telly at a music festival. I should be home singing Kumbaya with nice tunes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I felt out of place. I felt really out of place until someone like, Lisa Bishop, who's a mum herself from, from um, Music SA, said, it's okay, Chanel. You can celebrate what you're doing. Show, show your bump off. Yeah. And I reckon I hid my pregnancy for a good six months Mom, and I shouldn't have. Can I play Play-Doh? Yeah, you can play Play-Doh. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, so I, I shouldn't have, I really should have, allowed myself to celebrate that yeah again the girls that were on tv for music were not pregnant and they were just a bit younger than me as well they seemed cooler so that was what I was trying to emulate when really I wasn't being true to myself and the better way was to just be me knowing this now so when you know better you do better How's that Play-Doh going? <laughs> Quiet now, Ollie. Oh, that's a joy. just got the bag and gone, oh, I could see it happy.
I want to ask you, this sort of ties into, um, we were saying earlier about what we learnt from our mothers and they learnt from their mothers. Is it important for you, for your children to see you in your own identity as Chanel? Yeah. 100%. And you know what? I had this conversation with Dan, the husband, and he said to me, Chanel, some people just don't get to, he's, he's seen the rise and fall. He's seen me get these opportunities and then me crying a heap when they have just not gone the way I thought they should have at the time. Yeah. And he said, some people just don't get to do their dream, lovey. Like, and, I, and I, for me, that didn't sit well because I was like, no, I'm going to because I, I need to do it for myself. What am I going to, I said, because I can see it. I'm having this premonition of me being 50 or 60 years of age and kicking myself for not trying at least. Mm. So I, and he said, the kids, you're an amazing mum. The kids love you so much and they will be proud of you if you just worked in a cafe or whatever. And I said, but I'm not proud of me. Yeah. yeah. Because you can work in a cafe, absolutely. If that's what you want to do but it wasn't what was in my soul to do. And I said, they need to see their mum chasing the path that is right for her and then encouraging them to do the same thing because they're learning from me. Mm. Don't just stand still because it's easy to do so. That's what I mean. Like if it was easy, everyone would do it. So I said to him, I need them to be proud of, of what I've achieved that I was true to myself. And as I'm getting getting older and talking to different people people's truths are different so someone might want to be a doctor someone might want to own their own cafe or health food store work in childcare, work in the music industry it's also different to what makes you march to the beat of your own drum yeah but it is that was one of my main drivers was that my children were able to be not proud of me but just See, because I, I think that when you do what's innate in you, there's a glow about you. Yeah. And they can feel that energy in that sense. And I want them to do the exact same thing. Mm. If, you, if my son's obsessed with bin trucks, stinky bin trucks. <laughs> if you want to drive a bin truck for the rest of your life, mate, you bloody go for it. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah, that's it. Be happy. That's what, that's the thing, if you, you know, I can, I can imagine both of them running away from the microphone. They're just not like me in that sense. Yeah. But whatever it is that's in your soul, you do it and and back yourself first and then others will back you too. Mm. It's contagious. How do you feel about um, followers of your social media or uh, colleagues knowing that you do have children? Are you, are you sort of happy for them to be aware of that? I, I often feel that it's, it gives a sense of who you are really as a person when you, because we, yeah, I, I spent time hiding them away and not from the media spotlight, but from the fact that I was trying to have it all together and my kids, you know, you need to just, I've thought now, I just need to bring them along with the journey. 
and I've brought Ollie to meetings before and yeah. he's watched trucks um, on my phone. <laughs> Not great, but it needed to happen. Yeah. And then he moved something and spilled his snacks all over the floor and it's really embarrassing and I was trying to scram. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway, he, because, yeah, that's the thing. We just need to, don't worry about it. Bring them with us, get stuff done because what we're doing, multitasking, is brilliant and it yeah. has not been done before. Yeah, absolutely. It's like we're paving the way for the future. Paving the way for fellow sisters that will come come up the ranks and need us to set the platform because half the time we haven't had the chance to learn off of a lot of people oh yeah it's literally like flying by the seat of your pants is a great explanation yep. for it because you're you're like is this going to work don't know haven't done this before going to give it a try what's going to happen you know you're just feeling your way as you go um, yeah, so, yeah. And i think it's contagious because other women then in the, a similar position might go you know what i'm going to do that because i needed that um reassuring kick up the bum to, to do what's right for me, you know? Talking about mum guilt, um, oh, I, I had this moment recently where I was my little one kept asking me to record him doing some tricks on the trampoline and I went out there and I was all ready to record him and he's doing his tricks and and I realized I hadn't hit record <laughs> I was like mom or the phone storage is full and it just oh, stops yeah. clear yeah because you've taken too many pictures of the kids uh-huh. yeah and there's a guilt deleting them <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh, that's a great topic that one isn't it <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, oh my God. Far out. and you go through and you're like, I actually take none of myself. And oh. not that we need to walk around taking selfies, but it would be nice to have some, you know, inclusion on your phone mm-hmm. because they're yep. all of the kids doing their little moments of, of grandeur, aren't they? Oh, yeah. We're always behind the camera. We're never in front of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's like a whole topic that one isn't it pretty much (laughs) we really I think it just is innate in us even though um and this is probably applicable to a lot of women that you deal with being mothers in the arts industry in the media industry we're used to being on the front of things Mm -hmm. because of our art form whether it is emceeing speaking presenting playing an instrument singing anything like that mentoring yeah when you've got your children you're on the back because you push them forward to to shine in whatever they're doing whether it's so summer's teacher my five-year-old she's asked her to read a little sentence at the liturgy on friday so yeah. i've literally moved mountains to go and see this one sentence yeah and i'm, and I'm making her practice her practice it again get it right what <laughs> <laughs> one bloody sentence oh. and I'm, I'm carrying on and anyway i was and because of covid you can't have that many people there so it's just you know a small amount so I, I was literally moving heaven and earth to make sure I got a spot at this liturgy so I could yeah. wave and record the whole thing on my phone yeah and maybe watch it back after I've had a few vinos and have a tear you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and then so that's the thing we push them to the front and they're they're the kind of shines in our life but when you put your work hat on you yeah. are the opposite of that you're the the woman that's either you know you're playing your instrument or you're talking on the microphone or whatever it is yeah so it's yeah. it's funny how we kind of um 
wear many hats, lots of oh, hats. Absolutely. And and are able to just like swap them at a in a millisecond, like it's in a millisecond. There's no hat stand, there's no time for the hat stand. Instantly. And then your friend needs your help. Mm. So you're instantly there for her or him, whatever, whatever whoever's needing you at that point. And then you're back on the mum bandwagon because you've realized it's 5:30 and you've not sorted dinner. (laughs) So then it's you know, all the yeah. time. Yeah, oh, it's so true. It's incredible. I saw a um, image meme things on Instagram yesterday and it was of a mum that was, you know how you, they have those plate spinners and you've got to keep the yeah. plates going and it was all like all the head. different elements of <laughs> what mum said. And I noticed, you know, that whoever wrote it hadn't put your own, I, when I look at it, I think, well, when are you supposed to do your own thing, like your music or your, you know, it was like that wasn't even on there. It was like, oh, my God, like no. add that in as well. And it was just Add like, that in as well. And oh. that's where I think if you don't add that in, you run into trouble later on. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult task to put it in. It's a, it's a something we've got to be really conscious of and really mindful of. But I think if we don't have that element of putting ourselves, uh, not before our kids, but making ourselves a priority too. Yeah. Or something else, um, you know, it's um, it's really, it's, yeah, it's so important yeah. because then you go through something where you, later on, your kids um, don't need you as much anymore. You always need your mum, but mm-hmm. as much. And yeah. then you're trying to fill that void with other things where you, and then there's that regret where you missed out on doing that for yourself. And I think we're better at doing that now. I think our mum's generation, our grandmother's um I think learn the hard way yeah. and then some of them now at age 50 and 60 are living their best version of themselves because they've realized they've got that freedom yeah. whereas they weren't given that um that grace or that exception years years ago because yeah. you were told to just follow what your mum did who yeah. did what her mum did who did what her mum did yeah absolutely. you know so now we're kind of having this awakening where we're celebrated for having children and doing this as well because not just that we're able to multitask but we're able to show the the talents that we we do have in a certain area yeah and it's like I've always struggled with this this identity thing that deep down like you're still the same person that you were like you just happen to have a child it's like why should all that you know goodness and potential and you know the stuff you give to the world why should that just go no, finished. You're a mum yeah. now. And so you know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah exactly. And the thing is we work so hard in our careers, in our early years, you know, especially in the arts, a lot of it is volunteer work based to get based there, to, to get your skill set up, to get your name out there, to yeah. get um, runs on the board as far as experience because nine times out of ten there's no better way of learning something than just doing it. Mm. You know, you can study at university and that that's all great, but it, having actual tangible experience doing something or, you know, playing an instrument. The best way to play an instrument is to do it, you yeah. know, and same public speaking, MC work, it's all, all of that. So yeah. it's it's really, it was really something that I think once you um, start to get that in, in a row and really start to get some runs on the board for yourself, then you get to the yeah. point where your clock's ticking and you mm. feel like you're living two versions of yourself because you're like, I want to have children, I've got that yearning, but I'm just starting to get somewhere. Uh, and it's yep. like, and then you have. Finished your apple. Oh. Uh, you, 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 can I 
can I have the chocolate chip biscuit? I promised him a chocolate chip biscuit if he sat quietly. We, oh my gosh. That was you the were, best timing, Bert. That was amazing. He's card or something. He's three. Oh, that was brilliant. So sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Honestly, it's this is being a mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I was just, just saying, I think you get that moment of where you start getting some traction in your career and then something else innate in you comes a knocking. And then that knock gets louder and louder and louder and you can't ignore it, but you're torn between doing what you want to do and what what is what your body wants you to do. And there's no shame in whether you have children or not, but if there's a desire in you, you it's very, very difficult to turn that switch off. Mm, Impossible. Absolutely. When, when you said before, like you just said, you're choosing between what you want to do, it's literally... And what you want to do, like you want to do both things, but how yes. do you actually do both things? Like it's just this constant, like the juggling out. It's just yeah. And and it was interesting you said earlier you're doing you do what you want to do. It's not at the expense of your children. You're not saying mm. you're not putting yourself first. That's what it was. It's not like you're choosing to put yourself first, but you're choosing to acknowledge that part of your life has a worth and is an importance that you are going yeah. to choose to do that. Yeah, it's not exactly at the expense right. of everyone, anyone else, you know what I mean? You know, that's, I think a lot of that stigma years ago where they would have assumed that you were just selfish and putting yourself first. Yep. You couldn't be any more further from that because the love that a mother has for her child is something that science can't explain, the best poet mm. can't explain in words. It, it's felt so deeply yeah. um, rather than... And it can be described as best possible, but it's it's so deeply felt that's where... So many mothers have turned around to each other and go, now you know that feeling, and they go, yes, they get yeah. it. So it's yeah. not possible to um, for, for a, a mother that wants to be there for her children to just go, oh, well, I'm, I'm putting myself first. It's not that. It's mm. acknowledging that you are a priority too and that you deserve to still be who you are because often we're having children at an age where we have still so – we're not having them at 50 years of age, 60. Some, some women are, but – very yeah. unlikely. We're mainly doing it between the ages of 25 and 45. Yeah. It's like prime so that means time. Got so much more. <laughs> yeah. We're still, yeah. We're still young to, yeah. to do what we want to do in our careers. People yeah. change careers at 50, 60. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Whatever it is where they go, you know what, I never did this and I'm kicking myself but I'm doing it now. Great. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Motherhood and work is no mean feat and it is incredibly challenging. But I think what's more challenging is the not doing and the not owning who you are and the not giving yourself an opportunity to shine. Mm. Like you being a singer, an incredible singer, um, I might add, you, you get this opportunity where if you weren't using your voice and writing music, who has the opportunity to hear you? Mm. Music and uh, in itself has the opportunity, is, is this art form really that that allows people to feel something when they hear you. And most artists are truly themselves when they are either playing that instrument 
or singing that song. Yeah. Most often they're, they're most often their songs. So what's if you're not using your talents that have been that universe has given to you, what a waste yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Give yourself back yourself. Know that yes, it's it's certainly not e- not easy at all by any stretch of the imagination. But what I feel is worse is the later the not doing the regret because then you can't change it. Mm, that's it, isn't it? It's it's you done. can't buy time back. Yeah. So if there's any yeah. any kind of kick up the bum, if anyone needs anything, it is that moment where you said you were at your your old workplace and, and you said, I just had this moment of, of realising that I needed to follow my passion. And the passion just came. Things just have a funny way of linking up. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just got. You've got to be. You've got to be open to it. You've got to be like, yeah. right. I'm willing to not be in control of this. You know that little bit of surrender to say, right, do with me what you will. I guess, and yeah. you know, lead totally. lead me where 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 my. You know that I'm going to be happy. You know I'm going to be fulfilled, and yeah. You know what? I also had a conversation with one of my best girlfriends the other day, and she said, "I'm just feeling lost. I don't want to go back to my old job, but I don't know what I want to do." Mm. And I said. The fact that you say that now, and she said, I'm frustrated because I, I need to know, I'm, I'm getting impatient. I want to know what I want to do. And I said, you've got to take your foot off for starters, take the pressure off yourself and know that if you don't want to go back to your old job, fine. That's something you definitely do know that that's not right. Yeah. So sit with it for a bit. Have these moments of either light meditation or just or calmly thinking I want to, I am open to receiving whatever it is that's out there for me. So do some soul searching. Don't get frustrated with yourself that you don't know. Just start that those moments of trying to figure it out slowly, step by step, because once you've gone one step, two step, three step, and you've linked up those little lily pads, that's quite a journey. Mm. And you yeah. will get there. Yep. But there's there needs to be that moment in time where you take the pressure off yourself for not knowing too mm-hmm. which is I had that too. so you're so vulnerable and you're at the whim of whatever and if you're used to being in control it's a very confronting thing to do isn't it? yeah especially and often sometimes we feel that we if things aren't going right in the workspace that we not hide behind our kids but just throw ourselves into that role more because we're not ready to make the decision to do a leap in our careers yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas what I would say to that is that's that's fine if you want, if you if you all you want to do is spend all your time with your kids. That's if that's in your soul, then you you go for it. But if you're using it as like a bit of a not a hide behind, but a moment to not spend time thinking about what's truly deserving of you, mm-hmm. it's only gonna fester and uh-huh. get more frustrating and more you know pent up so yeah. that's where you go okay well I am going to spend time with my kids I am going to just enjoy them for a minute but I am also going to take that time to slowly map out my next chapter mm. because they will go off to school and they will you know start to be a little bit more independent and then when you have that time then that's when maybe you could sow some other big seeds for things send those emails off look to do courses the amount of people that have gone back to do courses, you being one of them, mature age, mature age is, he's doing some um, 
the amount of people that have gone back to um, to study later on because because what they've wanted to do has made sense later. Mm. It didn't make sense yeah. to you to work in childcare mm. when you were twenty. I would never doing have thought of it. I would ne it, it never entered my mind ever but until that so much that system <laughs> at the right time, didn't you? So it was yeah. that's where the universe said you needed to do some other things first, mm -hmm. and then you were at that prime moment where you could give your maturity, you could give your your knowledge, and you could give yourself that that real sense of okay. I'm at a, at a point now where I'm ready to learn because not a lot of us know what we want to do the minute we finish year 12. Oh, honestly, th this is the thing I'm not looking forward to with my son. My oldest son's in high school. It's his first year. <laughs> my youngest son's um, just turned six. So we're at, we're oh. at completely different ends of things with schooling. But yeah, this thing with Alex, they're saying to him, oh, what do you want to do? Start thinking about subjects. And I was like, no, stop this. And I keep reminding him. I say to him, remember, I, I've only been doing this job for nearly nine years you know you don't have to decide now like take that pressure off yourself like, take it off oh because God. often it's there's not a lot of um of us that it makes sense the minute we leave school and that frustrates us because we go we need to get you know especially as mothers we need to get this time in before we have a baby and we need to you know all this it's rush 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 rush, rush. and that's where um i'd kind of come in and remind and say well there is time before during and after because yeah. people can't get away this day and age with just being discriminatory towards mothers and women and pregnant women. Mm. It's not allowed. It's a big fat no. And we're deserving of that, that, that grace to be given to us and that, that moment of reassurance where we go, you know what, you can do this because you are more than just who you are to your children. You are still yourself too. And if you combine those two wonderful elements you live your best version of yourself. Oh, look at that. That's just like the best quote. <laughs> That's brilliant. I am, you I'm <laughs> quoting you on that one. That is gold. That is gold. Oh, so pleased. Oh, look, thank you, Chanel. That, that's a beautiful note to end on, actually. Thank you. That's Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be involved. I was, as I said, I was peeling off my fake eyelashes after music awards. <laughs> When your email came through and I was thrilled to bits, I thought, oh. what better way to start your morning than chat with a like-minded sister and have a coffee? Oh, no, thank you. It's a very distraction device at my son. Oh. <laughs> I started oh, off with an apple because it was healthy and I moved to biscuits. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. Oh. Have you um, had any of your kids come in whilst you've been doing the nasty? No, I haven't. It's going to come. But oh. even Dan will give me a hug in the kitchen yeah. and someone will be like, stop, don't, don't, she don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Get your hands off, mum. So, y'all want to talk about mama. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare. Hit it, boys. When your child eats something healthy that you make and they woof it down and you are literally strutting in the kitchen as if you are Beyonce. You are just... As if you're like <laughs> Jamie Oliver and you've just served the queen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, a palm reader did tell me, it looks like you've been treading water your whole life until you're 50. 
As in the thing you meant to do is not going to happen to you. 50. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Another 11 I said, years of treading water. I'm like, that's a long time to wait, lady. You, you have some good leg muscles. <laughs> what, what am I going to do in that time? Read a book? <laughs> First thing I was thinking was my vagina. Is it okay? Is that what you are? Oh, no, no. You're not asking the obstetrician that. Oh, a couple of couple of small sutures but we're okay you're and okay look you your bottom well, half of love. your body's just come away from the top but it's fine <laughs> have you ever had a push present i got my it sounds weird my third ring <laughs> my butthole um zipatol <laughs> <laughs> yes tell us more um, about your butthole the eternity ring it was either... did you say hang on did you say eternity ring <laughs>